This is episode number 158 of the Middle Country Public Library podcast. Hello and welcome. I'm Sal DiVincenzo, joined as usual by my fabulous colleague, Sarah Fate. Hi. And Nicole Rambo. Hello. How you ladies doing this week? Good. Good. Good, good. We have a little bit of a different episode this week, mm-hmm. special episode. We had, uh, you know, we had Jimmy Ward in here last week doing his uh, whole presidential uh, trivia thing mm-hmm. that Sarah mm-hmm. uh, subjected him to. Right. And uh, we thought since it was uh, Black History Month, it would be interesting to talk about one particular subject that he does for, he does something called History Bites, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is a little video presentation that he started, uh, I guess, back when we were closed, when the library yeah, was, yeah. You know, it's yeah, been for, for a, a while, time. yeah, it's got yeah, like yeah. 25 episodes oh, or something yeah, like that. Nice. And anyway, um, you know, Sarah, mm-hmm. you may not know this, Nicole. But I know everything about Sarah. But, but Sarah did one for um, for Jimmy a few weeks ago uh, for Martin Luther King Jr. Wow! Very so I thought cool. I thought I thought I'd have him uh, come down and talk about what History Bites is, and then we listen to Sarah's mm. uh, presentation on uh, Martin Luther King Jr. How's that sound? That sounds good. All right, so here it is. Jim Ward in the studio. Hi, Jim. Hi. How's it going? Good. Welcome back. Thank you. Great to uh, be back. Yeah, it's good to have you back. And um, you might have uh, spoken about this on a, a previous podcast, but I wanted you to come down just to remind folks about a great program that we have on our YouTube channel. Yes. Which is mcpl.tv, mm-hmm. if you'd like to visit it. We'll put that in the show notes. Uh, there's a program called History Bites. Yes. Uh, you are a very big. You're a history buff. Big history buff. You're specifically of, Civil War. Specifically Civil yeah, War. Yeah, that's my uh, that's my jam. That's your jam. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, for 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 our listeners who might not know, uh, you normally in not the time of COVID in mm-hmm. normal times, uh, you do these recre- recreations of yeah um, yeah we do like a little, some reenactments usually around anniversaries exactly. of, of a certain historical event most famously uh, Lincoln Abraham Lincoln doing sure. uh, who's your 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 guy there you yeah like love Lincoln <laughs> uh, you know doing your uh, your um, your uh, spot on impression of the Gettysburg Address which we all <laughs> loved. Um, and I think that also might be somewhere on on video. That's like, uh, that's definitely somewhere on our YouTube, on YouTube I believe. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Tell us a little bit about History Bites. So History Bites started um, when things started to close down last year, um, you know, around the time coronavirus started to get really, really uh, serious. And um, it was just something that we thought would be a good thing to, you know, if we can't do a program in person, we can at least deliver a little bite, hence the History Bites, to uh, to the public about... And basically what we do is we just... Um, we choose different historical events uh, or topics, I should say, and sometimes I try to uh, coordinate that around when an anniversary is. Um, sometimes it's just something I think of, and I'm like, "Oh, that would be a good one." Um, so yeah, we've we've been we're now complete with 24 episodes 24 since episodes. Uh, since about April of last year. That's great, and these are fairly short, right? They're like mm-hmm. 10, 11 minutes. Yeah, or, about or yeah. Usually between seven to ten, we we try to try to keep it, you know, keep it at that length. Um, sometimes it's hard to cut down mm-hmm. as much as, you know, you want to try to keep it short, but um, sometimes certain topics require a little more extensive, uh, you know, I- information to be uh, to be put sure. out there. And what is the format exactly? 
it's uh, narration and, and video, right? It's, yeah. It's so like what a I slideshow. Yeah. So I create a PowerPoint um, and then record that PowerPoint, mm-hmm. and then Salvatore here, our <laughs> our terrific uh, videographer, editor, everything you want with technology, he's phenomenal, yes. and um, he he adds some music to it. We've just recently started the Ken we, Burns we effect. We did start the Ken Burns effect. The Ken Burns effect, I, yeah. I, I, I'm enjoying doing the Ken I'm Burns loving effect. it. <laughs> <laughs> the little pan across, zoom yes, in, yes, zoom yes, out. Really. So, um, yeah, and then, uh, you know, I my research usually is um, just searching some reputable sources. You know, I use Britannica a lot. Okay. Um, History Channel has some good stuff. So I usually try to, to find diff- from different sources, you know, especially when you're trying to make sure you have the correct information, sure. you want to be able to verify it. So, Absolutely. Um, yeah. And then I just compile a little script and voila. What's, uh, what's your favorite, some of your favorites? Um, I did one on, if you remember the movie uh, League of Their Own, mm-hmm. I did one on um, uh, women in baseball. Okay. And so it talked about the the different, actually, that might, I'm sorry, that might have been part of a bigger baseball during World War II. Yes. Um, yeah. So that was a section in there. And I thought that's important, you know, because if you never saw the movie League of Their Own, people might not have known that there was a professional women's league, mm-hmm. um, you know, during World War II at that time. So, um, so that was an interesting one. And um, I did one on Arlington National Cemetery. I think around Memorial Day last year. Okay. And that one, you know, it's it's just an interesting story because Arlington used to be Robert E. Lee's property. Wow. And so once the war began, the Civil War, uh, Union forces came in and, and made sure that he'd never be able to live there again by burying the dead. Wow. Yep, at, at Arlington. Yeah. So That's, uh, Yeah, it's really cool. And, of course, one of your first... Uh, I think in the first or the second one was about Gettysburg. Yes, right? that was your interesting thesis. things about Gettysburg. How many times have you been to Gettysburg? Um, I, I want to say too many be- times. <laughs> I want to say between thirty and forty. Okay, All right. uh, sometimes they were just quick weekend things, mm-hmm. you know, or uh, a more extended vacation, like three or four days. So yeah. yeah, and it doesn't hurt that I have parents that live in Pennsylvania, sure. so I can easily stop there, go the next day to yeah. Gettysburg, and boom, I'm there. Yeah. Now, just for, again, for our listeners who don't know, you also did a lot of history programs in person. Yes. So this is kind of like your way of like connecting with exactly with patrons who uh, you have like a little fan club actually. <laughs> who, who I got watch, my groupies. You got your groupies who watch your <laughs> your history uh, programs. So uh, recently, we've noticed, or you know, I I, I mean, the listeners and viewers noticed that uh, we have some different voices. Yes. Uh, doing uh, doing the uh, some of our colleagues are doing the narration. Sure. Sure. Uh, so what was all that all about? I, I just thought it would be fun to, um, for the, for the patrons to be able to hear different people giving different topics. I don't know. I mean, as much as I'm sure they love my voice, <laughs> um, I thought it would be fun to include others in the project. And, uh, so we had, uh, Marlena Gonzalez, mm-hmm. one of our librarians, she did, uh, about Ellis Island mm-hmm. and Sarah Fade, uh, of podcast fame. Yes. She did the, um, <laughs> she just recently did one on Martin Luther King Jr. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, we are going to actually play that in honor of, uh, MLK. Yes. And also it's Black History Month, so it's a perfect time. Exactly. I, I thought, hey, it would be great if we could actually listen to, uh, to this one. So here's, perfect. here for our listeners is a, uh, exclusive listen to um, uh, History Bites, Martin Luther King Jr. Martin Luther King Jr. was born on January 15, 1929 in Atlanta, Georgia, the second child of Martin Luther King Sr., a pastor, and Alberta Williams, King, a former school teacher. 
Along with his older sister Christine and younger brother Alfred Daniel Williams, he grew up in the city's sweet Auburn neighborhood, then home to some of the most prominent and prosperous African Americans in the country. King attended segregated public schools and at the age of 15 was admitted to Morehouse College, the alma mater of both his father and maternal grandfather, where he studied medicine and law. Although he had not intended to follow in his father's footsteps by joining the ministry, he changed his mind under the mentorship of Morehouse's president, Dr. Benjamin Mays, an influential theologian and outspoken advocate for racial equality. After graduating in 1948, King entered Crozer Theological Seminary in Pennsylvania, where he thrived in his studies and was valedictorian of his class in 1951 an elected student body president. He earned a Bachelor of Divinity degree, won a prestigious fellowship for graduate study, and was elected president of his predominantly white senior class. King then enrolled in a graduate program at Boston University, completing his coursework in 1953 and earning a doctorate in systematic theology two years later. While in Boston, he met Coretta Scott, a young singer from Alabama, who was studying at the New England Conservatory of Music. The couple wed in 1953 and settled in Montgomery, Alabama, where King became pastor of the Dexter Avenue Baptist Church. The King family had been living in Montgomery for less than a year when the highly segregated city became the epicenter of the growing struggle for civil rights in America. On December 1st of 1955, Rosa Parks, secretary of the local chapter of the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, or NAACP, refused to give up her seat to a white passenger on a Montgomery bus and was arrested. Activists coordinated a bus boycott that would continue for 381 days. The Montgomery bus boycott placed a severe economic strain on the public transit system and downtown business owners. Martin Luther King Jr. was named as the protest leader and official spokesman. In January 1957, King, Ralph Abernathy, and 60 ministers and civil rights activists founded the Southern Christian Leadership Conference to harness the moral authority and organizing power of black churches. They would help conduct nonviolent protests to promote civil rights reform. The organization felt the best place to start to give African Americans a voice was to enfranchise them in the voting process. In February of 1958, the SCLC sponsored more than 20 mass meetings in key southern cities to register black voters in the South. King met with religious and civil rights leaders and lectured all over the country on race-related issues. King had also become a target for white supremacists who firebombed his family home that January. On September 20th, 1958, Isola Ware Curry walked into a Harlem department store where King was signing books and asked, are you Martin Luther King? When he replied yes, she stabbed him in the chest with a knife. King survived, and the attempted assassination only reinforced his dedication to nonviolence. The experience of these last few days has deepened my faith in the relevance of the spirit of nonviolence. If necessary, social change is peacefully to take place. In February 1960, 
a group of African-American students in North Carolina began what became known as the Greensboro Sit-In Movement. The students would sit at racially segregated lunch counters in the city stores. When asked to leave or sit in the colored section, they just remained seated, subjecting themselves to verbal and sometimes physical abuse. The movement quickly gained traction in several other cities. In April of 1960, the SCLC held a conference in Raleigh, North Carolina with local sit-in leaders. King encouraged students to continue to use nonviolent methods during their protests. By August of 1960, the sit-ins had been successful in ending segregation at lunch counters in 27 southern cities. In October, King himself took part in a sit-in. He and 75 students entered a local department store, requested lunch counter service, but were denied. When they refused to leave the counter area, King and 36 others were arrested. King and others took part in the Birmingham Campaign of 1963, in which activists used a boycott, sit-ins and marches to protest segregation, unfair hiring practices, and other injustices in one of America's most racially divided cities. King was arrested along with large numbers of his supporters, but the event drew nationwide attention. Later that year, Martin Luther King Jr. worked with a number of civil rights and religious groups to organize the March on Washington for Jobs and Freedom, a peaceful political rally designed to shed light on the injustices African Americans continue to face across the country. Held on August 28th and attended by some 200,000 to 300,000 participants, the event is widely regarded as a watershed moment in the history of the American Civil Rights Movement and a factor in the passage of the Civil Rights Act of 1964. Standing on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial, a monument to the president who, a century earlier, had brought down the institution of slavery in the United States, he shared his vision of a future in which this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. He also emphasized his belief that someday all men could be brothers. I have a dream. My four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. The speech and march cemented King's reputation at home and abroad. Later that year, he was named Man of the Year by Time magazine, and in 1964, after the passage of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, authorizing the federal government to enforce desegregation of the public accommodations and outlawing discrimination in publicly owned facilities, King received the Nobel Peace Prize in 1964, becoming the youngest person ever awarded that prize. On March 7, 1965, a civil rights march planned from Selma to Montgomery, Alabama's capital, turned violent as police with nightsticks and tear gas met the demonstrators as they tried to cross the Edmund Pettus Bridge. King was not in the march, however. The attack was televised, showing horrifying images of marchers being bloodied and severely injured. 
17 demonstrators were hospitalized in a day that would be called Bloody Sunday. On March 21st, approximately 2,000 people began a march from Selma to Montgomery, the state capital. On March 25th, the number of marchers, which had grown to an estimated 25,000 gathered in front of the state capitol where King delivered a televised speech. Five months after the historic peaceful protest, President Johnson signed the 1965 Voting Rights Act. On the evening of April 4, 1968, Martin Luther King was assassinated. He was fatally shot while standing on the balcony of a motel in Memphis, where King had traveled to support a sanitation workers' strike. In the wake of his death, a wave of riots swept major cities across the country, while President Johnson declared a national day of mourning. James Earl Ray, an escaped convict and known racist, pleaded guilty to the murder and was sentenced to 99 years in prison. He later recanted his confession and gained some unlikely advocates, including members of the King family, before his death in 1998. After years of campaigning by activists, members of Congress and Coretta Scott King, among others, in 1983, President Ronald Reagan signed a bill creating a U.S. federal holiday in honor of King. Observed on the third Monday of January, Martin Luther King Day was first celebrated in 1986. King's life had a seismic impact on race relations in the U.S. Years after his death, he is the most widely known African-American leader of his era. His life and work have been honored with a national holiday, schools and public buildings named after him, and a memorial on Independence Mall in Washington, D.C. I'd like to thank you all for joining us for today's episode. If you enjoyed it, click like, and if you watched on YouTube, hit subscribe. Thanks so much, and see you next time. Okay, yes. Yeah, so that's Sarah Fade doing her great voice, her great right? Sarah Fade. For, she has uh, a great yeah. narrating voice, <laughs> <Yes>, exactly. <laughs> so, folks can uh, go to our YouTube page, yep. mcpl.tv. Right. How often do you do history bots? Uh, roughly every two weeks. Uh, yeah. Sometimes, you know, uh, there might be a one week, you know, another right after another the following week. But um, yeah, it usually averages about every two weeks. Okay. So. And they're usually posted on Tuesdays, okay. so uh, that's that's something to look forward to if you're into into history. Yeah, great. Well, Jim, thanks so much for coming down to the podcast thanks once for again. Me. Sure. And uh, folks, check out Jim's History Bites. It's a great uh, great program, and like they're nice and short and sweet and beautiful. Thanks so much. Thank you. Okay, very good, Sarah. Jolly professional. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you. <laughs> I tried my best. <laughs> yeah, so some of the other things that uh, that he talks about, you know, he's done uh, the Battle of Gettysburg, of course, mm-hmm. because he loves Gettysburg. Um, the Burning of Washington. He's done a couple of Apollos, mm-hmm. Flag Day, D-Day, the Emancipation Proclamation, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Boston Tea Party, uh, Persian Gulf War, Ellis Island. One? Yeah, Ellis Island. Ellis Island, yeah. So they're these short little, you know, 10, 15 minute, sometimes shorter videos with nice narration and uh, mm-hmm. 
Sarah got to do one. Nicole, you have to do one. You have to let him. Uh, sure. Let you do one. Uh, yeah, I love. You know. History of romance novel. History of romance. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Or maybe something the romantic era, right? Yeah. Because he's always doing like you know U.S. history. There's nothing you can do other his global history, right? I yeah, whatever he wants to do, I'm I'm ready. All right. Cool. I'll lend my voice. <laughs> Perfect. All right, so yeah, so I thought we'd just do something a little special this week. Yeah, nice. uh, so uh, if you want to listen to older episodes or read our show notes, visit our website, mcplpodcast.com, or email us, podcast at mcplibrary.org. We'd love to hear from you. Tell us what you think of the show. Tell us if you have any ideas, and we'll be happy to think about uh, doing a future show. So thanks again for listening. For Sarah Fade and Nicole Rambo, I'm Sal DiVincenzo. We'll see you on the next show.